you can get rewarded for hard work, patience, and even for making good decisions. Making a good decision when it comes to home and auto insurance starts with Deeks Insurance, a licensed insurance brokerage since 1981. You can save with their multi-vehicle discount, home and auto bundle offer, and even collect air miles, reward miles with every policy. They're also happy to reward members of faith-based organizations with preferred rates. Visit deeksinsurance.ca to get started with a quote. Deeks Insurance, where family matters. Today on Focus on the Family, we'll hear about the heartbreak of walking away from your spouse. My marriage was just too hard. Uh, life was too hard. It wasn't worth it. I needed I needed to start over. I needed something new. Uh, I took the steps to pursue something new. I, I found a new relationship. I left Jill and my kids and um, I'm sorry. No. I left Jill and my kids believing that that new relationship was going to be the cure-all. But the problem was I took somebody with me, and that was me. Well, Mark Savage uh, describing a very dark, confusing period of his life as a Christian husband and father. And we're going to hear more of his remarkable story, how God stepped in to rescue their marriage. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, this is a great program for you, although we are going to be talking about some things pretty candidly. So if you have young kids uh, within earshot, you might uh, go to earbuds or have them move out of the room. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, infidelity is a tragic, heartbreaking issue. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And the ramifications are so much more devastating than the culture realizes. Sure, there may be the initial rush of excitement and indulgence for that unfaithful spouse, but it's short-lived. We all know that. And as Mark indicated in that tender comment, the ultimate consequence is nothing but pain and sorrow. Sadly, most marriages don't survive an affair mm-hmm. Because it's awfully hard to maintain a relationship of love and trust once that is broken. And uh, today we're going to say there is hope. There's good news. Research shows us that couples who are willing to work through betrayal and pain with uh, godly forgiveness and hope can eventually rebuild that relationship. Mm -hmm. And in many cases, their marriage becomes even stronger than it was before because they're now so transparent. They're naked in the garden once again. Uh, It's not an easy process, but we here at Focus on the Family want to encourage you. If you're in that spot or you know somebody who is, this is going to be a powerful program. And certainly uh, as we go along here, if we're touching a nerve, get in touch with us. We have caring Christian counselors who can talk things through with you. And our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. Now, Mark and Jill Savage have served in church ministry for about 20 years. Uh, They meet the needs of families through uh, they're speaking and writing, and uh, they have five grown children and eight grandkids. And uh, today our conversation centers around a small but very powerful book that Jill has written called Your Next Steps, What to Do When Your Spouse is Unfaithful. And we do have copies of that here at focusonthefamily.ca. Mark and Jill, welcome back to Focus. Yes. Thank so you. So good to have yeah. you here again. Um, this is a difficult 
subject, but for the radio listeners, podcasters mm-hmm. can see this, but you have smiles on your faces. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you have gotten through this you know, painful moment. I'm mostly concerned about those that are just stepping into this or they have mm. suspicions and it may be around the corner mm. for the listener, for the YouTube right. watch or whatever it might be. So that's the person I have in mind right now. And it's difficult. This is a difficult yeah. topic. It rips many marriages apart, like I said in the beginning. So I want to say thank mm-hmm. you for your willingness to come yeah. and share it. Um, you know, it's hard to always share maybe your greatest sin ever, right? Mm. But it's for God's testimony that you do it. Yeah, I know absolutely. that. And absolutely. the purpose of healing people, not hurting people. Right. And for the listeners, I know if you're suspicious or you're, you know, your spouse has just told you something's up, it feels crushing, but I'm telling you, I guarantee this is going to be helpful to you today. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the reveal when it was found out that, uh, Mark, you were having an affair. What was that day like? What happened? Mm. So the first discovery was when it was this relationship was just an emotional connection, and I discovered it on his phone. Um, he had, uh, we were out to dinner and he had gone to the bathroom and left his phone on the table and this person had actually texted him and I was like, what is this? Mm. And so we talked about it at that moment. I mean, we talked about the guardrails in our relationship and we have an agreement that I don't Mm. text with a man without looping him in and, you know, and he kind of um, said, yes, I minimized it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's no big deal. You know, this is uh, she's going through a hard time. And I was just having a conversation. So we talked about the fact that he needed to loop me in from that point on, which you did for maybe two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then it went underground. And then about four months later, I came home from a speaking engagement. And Mark had fallen asleep with the phone in his hand in bed. And I thought, oh, you know, bless his heart, he was so tired. And I picked it up and saw what was on the screen and saw that they had actually been together the weekend before. And Mm -hmm. I knew that this wasn't just an emotional affair. It had become a physical affair. What what were your emotions like? I mean, I think we can all envision that, but I'd love for you to articulate that. I mean, it's betrayal and those things. But I mean, mean, honestly, my very first emotion, I wanted to throw up. Like yeah. uh, physically, I yeah. became physically ill, and I, I was my mind was swirling. Like, what do I even do with this? I don't even know what to do with this. And um, I had a friend that knew that Mark was not in a good place. She knew that he hadn't been in a good place for a long time, and she had said to me on several different occasions, "My phone is on twenty four hours a day," and I was like. Well, Beck, thank you so much, but I'm not going to call you at the middle of the night. And she was like, I know. I'm just telling you. My hmm. phone's on 24 hours wow. a day. Mm-hmm. What a and I'm going to tell you what. It was 1.30 in the morning when I had picked oh. that up out of his hand because I'd been speaking in Chicago, and that's about a two-hour drive home. So I'd driven home late, and um, I called my friend Beck, and I was so grateful. We cried on the phone. We prayed on the phone. She stayed on the phone with me most of the night. And all of this happening while Mark is in bed sleeping. sleeping. Yeah. Well, no, and uh, that's a really important point because a lot of things could have gone sideways right there, right? The Mm -hmm. fact that you pulled back, called a friend. Hmm. I think that's incredibly admirable I mean, honestly, if you want to know the truth, I wanted to slap him, but... (laughs) Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure, I wanted to wake worse, him up and right? pull right. him out of bed. Yeah. And, you he is know. asleep. You could do a lot of damage. <laughs> right. But, but I mean, seriously, I yeah. mean, that's an amazing first step that you made, mm-hmm. which says a lot about who you are. 
well, rather I'm... than going, you know, to the kitchen for an implement. I mean, <laughs> right. seriously. I mean, right. you know, th- there's a lot of strange ways that people respond in this. Yes. Mark, let me bring it back to you for a minute because there was this seesaw effect that occurred over the next few weeks or months. I'm not, I'm months, not sure. Yeah. Where you were, you know, telling Jill, yeah, that we're done, it's off, and then it would rekindle. Mm-hmm. Describe that. And even in that confusion, what was going on? Well, uh, so the Christ Center part of me wanted to uh, restore, get things figured out between Jill and I, but the flesh part of me just had, I was without hope. I We had wrestled for so many years with our differences, with trying to figure each of us out that I was worn out with all of that, and uh in my absolute discouragement, I would run home and say, I am staying with you. I'm ending that. Let's figure this out. But then in my hopelessness, I'd run back to the relationship. And mm-hmm. I did that eight times. Seven or eight times, yeah. And, uh, and then finally, I ended up uh, finding an apartment and moving out. Right. Jill, I do want to ask you, because I know women right now, some may even be screaming as they're hearing this because they've gone through something and they're going, Jill, you should have just left him. (laughs) And I I think really I want to speak to the Christian community Mm -hmm. because there is a difference. I mean, people that don't believe in Christ, they're not bound by those, you know, God-given boundaries, those Mm -hmm. God-given decrees to try to repair their marriage. I would hope that they would because of the Mm -hmm. benefits that come from that. But for the Christian community particularly, Jill, Mm -hmm. is – even a Christian woman is saying, Jill, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Let him go. You may have even gotten some of that advice. Oh, I certainly did. I and mean, Speak to those two halves of the brain, you know, what mm-hmm. your logic side is telling you and then what the spirit is telling you. Yeah. I mean, definitely um, I had people say that. Um, I had that thought in, you know, multiple times. Like, at what point? Because uh, this wasn't the first issue that we had dealt with. There had been other things. Um, There had been a background of pornography and there had been other pieces. And at at some point, you know, you kind of go, I'm tired. Okay. I I just want to be done with this. Well, I guess the point there is the church as well as the culture will legitimize that and say, you had every right. And, you know, the Bible does say you have every right to get out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but I did, I did not feel released from it. I didn't feel released from it. And I would ask God what to do. I begged God to tell me what to do. In fact, it was probably a day, maybe two days after I discovered the physical affair that I can remember I was on my living room floor. I was home alone, just bawling my eyes out, begging God to tell me what to do. And I heard one thing, Hmm. one thing. I heard him say, I want you to love him. And I got off of the floor and I looked at heaven and I shook my fist at heaven and I said, I don't know if you've noticed lately, but he's not real lovable right now. And I heard God whisper back to my heart, and sometimes you aren't either. Wow. And that was a moment that I was like, all right, Lord, you love me when I'm unlovable. I don't know how to do that. You know, it's a beautiful, tender moment. It has, I have tears in my eyes because it's powerful. But it is exactly the spiritual illustration that God uses throughout the Scripture mm-hmm. to define His relationship with the church, right? Oh, yeah. You, you, yes. You're a harlot. You come and go. You aren't committed to me. 
Yeah. And I mean, wow, there's nothing that we experience in this life closer, I think, to the heart of God than our love for one another in marriage and then mm-hmm. the betrayal of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what God feels with his people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so powerful and it stings so much. But for him to put that in your heart, it was wow. And that, are that you. really became, I mean, I learned how to love someone who wasn't loving me back. And that was a huge mm-hmm. lesson. And where would you say that turning point Maybe it was that, but that turning point back towards saving your marriage, where did it start and what did it feel like? Yeah, I would say it was there. Um, I was committed to doing whatever needed to be done. And at that point, I really began to look at myself even deeper because one of the things I realized is I didn't cause Mark to be unfaithful, but I contributed to the dysfunction in our marriage. Mm. And I needed to figure that piece out. That's really hard for women to embrace. It's hard for any of us to embrace. Well, but I think particularly a woman that is faithful, but maybe there's something broken in the relationship or not as healthy as it could be. It may be physical intimacy. I don't know what it could be, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to look at your own heart for that speck. Mm-hmm. But I, it is, it is. But I knew whether my marriage made it or not, I needed to know what I had brought dysfunctionally mm-hmm. to the relationship. Right. I mean, I really had that in my mind. Like, I can't control him. I can only change what I bring to the yeah. table. And so that began the journey for me. And I had to look at my critical spirit. I had a critical spirit, and it was robbing Mark of. Um, feeling connected to me, I had to look at the fact that I I was very much a thinker. So we're opposite in the way most marriages are. Um, most marriages, the men are the thinker, the women are the feeler. Right. Okay. In our marriage, we're like in the other 2080. I'm the thinker, he's the feeler. And so I had to realize that my emotional strength, I would, and I say strength carefully, um, was actually sending an unintentional message to my husband that I did not need him. Or that he's inadequate spiritually. Yeah. If I could say it that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And no, I, and I appreciate that. Mark, I do want to ask that same question of you. When did you think that tipping point? I mean, you're full of confusion at that point. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to say, brother. <laughs> but I mean, really, eight times yeah. back and forth. Um, oh, yeah. I don't even know how you're finding your gyroscope in that. You know, where's your spiritual center? But obviously you're here, and that's the mm-hmm. celebration and the gutsiness yeah. of being here. Yeah. Something got you headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. What was that thing, and what was that day about? Well, uh, I think it was a series of leadings by the Lord. Uh, one, I wanted to uh, meet with Jill on a consistent basis, not to restore our marriage. I was very clear about that. And you're yep. in an apartment at this point. You're not living together. You're right. separated. We're separated. I want... Uh, so I let Jill know, hey, we have five kids. I want to... Uh, I want to do lunch every week. And and I'm, he said, but I'm not willing to restore a marriage. Hmm. This is not to restore a marriage. It's because we have five children together. Yeah. So my friends were saying, don't go. My family was saying, don't go. And I would pray and ask God, and I sensed that I was to go. Hmm. Uh, yeah. 
lots of uh, lots of dynamics here in this relationship and in the story. And uh, again, we're so grateful to Mark and Jill Savage for sharing so candidly. Uh, let me just uh, say real quick, uh, Jill has written a book called Your Next Steps, What to Do When Your Spouse is Unfaithful. Uh, it's a great little resource, and uh, you can get your copy at focusonthefamily.ca or call 800, the letter A in the word family. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash anxietypdf. Financial Moments with Tom Copeland. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, For the Son of Man is going to come in His Father's glory with His angels, and He will reward each person according to what He has done. Many of those rewards in heaven will come as a result of managing money according to biblical principles and God's specific will. God will also provide rewards in heaven for godly character. Second Peter 1 says, For this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. If you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter goes on to say, If you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What could be better than that? Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Mark, I'm coming back to you because I really want to know that turning point. And Jill, I appreciate the commentary on that from your heart. But what, again, what was your compass? When did you say to yourself, maybe even before Jill, okay, this isn't about just the kids. It's about the potential of us Mm -hmm. getting back together. Because as Jill just described, you're not there. Right. And you're right. laying out the parameters. Let's right. get together for lunch. This isn't about us the reconciling. Yeah, it sounded yeah, like a business meeting. meeting. That's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had convinced myself of the thought that my kids would be okay. They would understand. And they didn't understand. And that continued to uh, gnaw at me. I came from a divorced family. Hmm. And here I was headed down the same path. That continued to gnaw at me. But I carried this list of of issues that I held against Jill, and I just could not get past the list. This relationship, as I'm uh, in this mess, this relationship that I was in was demanding more of me, more decisions. Uh, and all of a sudden, I'm in the same cesspool with this other relationship that I had with Jill. And I I think my prayer leading up to Easter 2012 was, Lord, I do not know how to love Jill. I have loved her based upon what I would get out of it. What the heck do I do? And then it was Easter morning. I was such a mess, I didn't even realize it was Easter. We had been helping our daughter who had just had a 
one of our, our second grandchild. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we ended up uh, home late that night. Uh, it was like 2 a.m. And Jill asked if I wanted to stay the night because it was so late. And uh, so I did. And then I think that next morning, Jill probably thought that I had completely lost it. I was totally schizophrenic. I woke her up and I said, Jilly, I just want you to know I'm going to file for divorce this week. The list is too great and I just don't have the energy. I don't want to do what I need to do Hmm. uh, to rebuild this marriage. And then Jill said, or she reminded me. I said, you know, it's it's Easter, Mark, and uh, Jesus Christ didn't want to go to the cross either. He asked God to take it from him. You know, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, take this from me. And then he said, but not my will, but yours be done. And that's all I said. Right. And in a weird way, I've been praying uh, or thinking, I really want Easter to be different this year. I wanted it to be different than candy and rabbits, which we never celebrated Easter that way. But all of a sudden, I had the realization that it was Easter and I was desperate. I I had made a complete mess. I was overwhelmed with all of it. But I was a desperate man. And I heard uh, Father God whisper to me that if I would trust him with the list, he would take care of the rest. Yeah. And it was in that moment that I actually went from, Jill, I want a divorce, to, oh, my gosh, you're right, it's Easter. And I modified Jesus' prayer, not take this marriage from me, but, Lord, I'll do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Your will be done, not mine. And I had a total pivot in my direction. All of a sudden, I had clarity. Yeah. And, you know, Mark, what's really revealing there, and I think this is so true, and I mentioned it a moment ago, Jill, with your heart. You know, women tend to look at, okay, what did I do wrong? And men do what you did. Hey, the list is too long. You have blown it. It's mm-hmm. our ego, I think, just that male yeah. ego. Oh, hey, yeah. this problem is you. Yeah. And, you know, oh. until we get that list figured out, I'm out of here. Right. I mean, and guys, you're hearing it right from Mark. That's exactly the opposite of what God wants us to look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. That log, I said speck mm-hmm. earlier, but mm-hmm. that log in ourselves, our own eye. Mm-hmm. to look at our own list. Mm-hmm. And did you feel that that finger in a good way coming back at you? Listen, there may be that list, but that's tomorrow's news, buddy. Right. Today's news is your list. I uh, I found myself so overwhelmed with all of it that what I felt was God like a dad, a tender dad, reaching mm-hmm. down to his toddler son Huh. who had fallen into this mud pit and helping him out. Wow. And um, I needed it. Uh, I didn't have – I had two men in my life who were my dad, and they were unhealthy. I didn't have a good view of God. And all of a sudden, the real daddy God was reaching down and saying, Mark, I'm going to help you out of this mess. Yeah. And in my desperation, I said, please, I'm with you. Mark, I think this may be the question for the men listening. Yeah. How do you recognize that? How do you know the Father's talking to you? How? Mm-hmm. I mean, because you're in a mess. Right. Maybe that guy listening is in that mess, and he doesn't know up from down. 
-hmm. He doesn't know right from wrong. Mm -hmm. And to be able to open your heart up and say, Dad, Mm -hmm. I need to hear from you. Right. I mean, how do you get there if you're stuck and you're not hearing clearly? Mm -hmm. I know it's a really tough question. Well, my first thought is when you're in such a mess and you have a healthy thought, it's probably not from you. Right. It's probably the Lord. And in that moment of desperation, because I was so bound by the list, I just knew it was the Lord saying, Mark, give me the list. Trust me with the list, and I'll take care of the rest. And he did. By the end of the day, uh, well, for one, I attended church for a while. Uh, I looked to Jill, and after I voiced that prayer, and I said, can I go to church with you? And Yeah, it it was uh, pretty... I was like, yeah. And I had watched... That was an obvious change in his... Well, I watched yeah. the change That's great. in front of my eyes. Wow. I mean, sometimes people will say, how could you begin to rebuild trust again? But when you've actually seen someone throw up the white flag of surrender yeah. and actually do it in front of you, which I was so grateful I got to witness that. Now, I didn't trust. I didn't trust him. And remember, this is the guy that's gone back and forth seven times at this point in time. So, but at the same time, I'd never seen what just happened. But what's interesting, what you're describing is you had hope. Hope was being rekindled. Maybe not trust, but you had hope. That's critical. Yes. That's like the first step to getting there. And uh, wow, you guys, this has been so good. I uh, This has got to go another day if you're willing to stay with <laughs> oh, us. Sure. Because I, I do want to come back, and you've done such a beautiful job laying out your circumstances. And, of course, not everybody's circumstances are the same. We get that. But um, I want to come back next time and kind of broaden this to the general audience to talk about the blame ratio, the mismatched emotions, what you write about in the booklet, Jill, obsessiveness, triggers, lifetime recovery. Let's come back and extend those ideas, those thoughts of hope. Let's not go for trust yet. Let's just get people hopeful and checking their own heart. Can we do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That would be so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just want to reiterate to the listeners, to the viewers, that um, if you're in that spot or you're suspecting that your spouse may be um, unfaithful, call us. It's free. We have donors that have made it possible for us to have caring Christian counselors. That's why we're here. Yes, we're going to do this in a Christian, loving way. That's all we know. We are Christ followers. So we're not going to give you worldly responses. We're going to give you biblical responses Mm -hmm. to what God expects of you. And if you're willing to follow God in that way, we're willing to give you the truth. And uh, we really do want to hear from you today. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family, 800-232-6459. Online, you'll find us at focusonthefamily.ca. And when people get in touch, Jim, we can tell them about Hope Restored, which is a terrific program in which we offer marriage counseling over several days, and we've seen transformations and miracles take place through that program. So when you get in touch, ask us more about Hope Restored. John, let me amplify that for a moment. This is an incredible program. Most of the people that attend our Hope Restored Intensive Program, they've already signed divorce papers or they're about to sign them. And they're saying, okay, we agreed this will be the last thing that we try. Mm -hmm. And we go back to these couples two years later and praise God, 80 
percent of those couples are together and doing better. I I think it's one of the best things in the country to repair the damage in your marriage. So give it a try. Yeah. And in fact, Jim, I know a couple that went uh, to Hope Restored and she said, if I don't hear from God this week, I'm gone. Right. She heard from God and it's been months and they're together and uh, they have hope again. So our number again, if you want to hear more about Hope Restored or uh, if we can send Jill's booklet to you, Your Next Steps, What to Do When Your Spouse is Unfaithful, 800, the letter A and the word family. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. Plan to be with us tomorrow as we continue the conversation with Mark and Jill and once again, help you and your family thrive in Christ.